Welcome to the Back to Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. Bottom of the butt. So my the bottom le- bottom left of my left cheek is just real uh, real sore. <laughs> the high hammy. High hammy. Real high hammy. At, at your age, you know, you got to work yourself into it. I've never stretched. Got to stretch. Like now. I've never stretched before playing or after playing. Like even even like in my later years here, like I've never done it. But now I think I have to. I took uh, Grayson out the other day, right? Because we got to start getting ready yeah. for soccer coming up. And so what I do is I take him to the park the, with all the things you can climb up, and we do we set up obstacle yeah. courses. And and he, you know, very confident. One of the things he does is in the in his path, he jumps over the swing. And, you know, he thinks he's all ready to go, confident. My man just <laughs> face-planted. <laughs> oh, no. Trying to get over that swing, you know, because uh, he's out of shape. And he's and he's seven, yeah. you know. Yeah, you got to get back. You got to be in the full swing of it all the time. I was like, let's. The winter will mess with you. We, so we did a little stretching exercises. We did. And then we just eased into it, you know. Yeah. And, uh. Also, uh, I bought an exercise bike that gets here tomorrow. Wow, that's a move. I don't know if I. That's yeah, I don't move. know if I. I don't know if I like this decision. Why? That's good. I. I don't know. I don't really want to have workout equipment in my apartment. You know. You got that's a weird. You're gonna be. <laughs> you gonna be doing the pod on the bike soon? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do the bike like all the time. Lock it in. There's like someone drilling next door to me right now. Can you hear yeah. it? Congratulate them on the set. This is the Basketball Buzz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Logic and reason. With Zach Harper. Oh man, if you put Gordy in Atlanta, we can kiss Waz goodbye from Los Angeles. <laughs> Big Waz. Kristen's beautiful words about pop are the best advertisement for the CIA that I've ever heard in my entire life. I've seen the machine in the basement of Madison Square Garden turning out $100 bills. <laughs> yeah, this isn't for weed. This is a you know, lifetime achievement award. <laughs> right now, that he's getting. I've been wanting to say that for a long time. South will rise again. I'll tell oh you boy. that much. Oh <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what I think. I, I don't think it's inconsistent. You've been popped, right? <laughs> yes. He may have big bones, but he doesn't have big meniscus. What? Why would I wear pants or shorts or anything? Everyone does well when you have good results. Produced by Jay Poy. Everyone does them too well when they don't. Yeah, yes, it's right. This is a journey into sound. The mecca of basketball. <laughs> Everybody knows if you go back in time, don't do anything. The ramifications can be quite severe. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Back to Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Wazdy Lambert. We got Dave DeFour. We'll have Mo Doc in a little bit. Jade Hoyt's producing. We got Scott Agnes. Covering the Indiana, I almost said Indianapolis Pacers. That wouldn't make any sense. The Indiana Pacers All Star Game is in Indianapolis next year. We're gonna send Waz. Uh, he's gonna have a great time. There's like steaks you can eat. Waz, you like steak? Listen, right? uh, I, I've been to Cleveland. I have all the confidence in the world that Indiana or Indianapolis specifically is a much better city. I don't know. Like, yeah, Scott, is there a fun street? We need a street for Waz to go to. Is they do this? Yeah, they have like a sh- yeah. So yeah, it's like right a- outside of the field house. It's called Georgia Street, and they basically tore it up and redid <laughs> it and made it basically the Super Bowl Street for when the Super Bowl was here several years ago. Nice, yeah, because because um the the Cleveland has Fourth Street, which is like basically I don't know, not even a quarter of a mile, but like maybe half of that of you know bars and restaurants. But that's like that's it. That's the that's the city. <laughs> oh, and then, but there is, there's also one bar like 15 minutes outside of downtown that that media members love to go to. Okay, like that's the other thing in I Cleveland. Indy has some clubs though that are nice, right? Eh, there, there's a couple, but the big thing was here. <laughs> Whenever you started an answer with, <laughs> like you was the big thing pulled. here with Georgia Street. Is you have a couple of the main bars. You have the Hooters that my mm. guy Lance Stevenson frequently visited and Hooters loved, fan. and actually on his first visit back, invited all the fans to join him after the game. And then it all the way stretches back to the convention center where a lot of the events will be held. So that's basically your one stop shop. Oh, and by the way, along the way is your St. Elmo's, your Harry and Izzy's, where you're going to get the shrimp cocktail mm. and a great filet. Mm. Love it. Wow. Advisory board right there, you know? 
get get the get the travel board on there. <laughs> I can be the biggest advocate for Indy. I know I wow. know it's not everybody's uh, favorite thing, and I know the weather's probably not going to be great, but it probably won't be horrible. Um, but I love it here. Okay, yeah, that's the real question. Is it snowing currently, or is there snow on the ground? No, there's not. No. Okay. And for me, and as you can probably hear a little bit, the weather in Chicago, that air, that got the best of me uh, this last weekend in Chicago. I, I don't feel great, and it's because of that cold air. It's why I didn't want to go. Like, I like the, the New York one broke me a few years ago. What was that, 2015? That, that one broke bad. me because I used to be like, Brutal. oh, man, I got to go to All-Star Weekend every single year, and then the New York one happened. And it was a fun weekend. We hung out. We had a great time, but... It was so cold, I decided, like, all right, I got to be very selective from now on. <laughs> you weren't in Toronto, though. New York and no, Toronto were back-to-back. Toronto was scary. I had to run. I had to plan my route when I went outside. Like, I had to go, I'm going to run to that store, and then I'm going to run to that <laughs> store. Because you could not be out. Your legs would start to, like, freeze. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> So, the best thing, right. guys, the best thing about it being in Indy, I think, will be you can walk everywhere. I counted it. I did 10 lift rides in Chicago. I think most people need two or three, maybe. Wow, and the, awesome. the, the, the one that maybe they'll need is if it stretches, there's an event at Hinkle Fieldhouse or something like that. Otherwise, everything's within a half mile radius. But, well, that's great if the weather is applicable for walking. So that so what's the temperature in Indianapolis right now? Like I need to know what we're getting into to see if I want to push for All Star Weekend in Indianapolis. So right now it's just thirty seven and cloudy. That's right. Not good. too that's bad. Easy. That's nothing. That's awful. nothing. Yeah. That's one. That's one cold. One scarf. You might want some long underwear, but I don't even think the long johns are necessary. Uh, that's that's light. So we'll bank on that. We'll just bank that that'll be the temperature yeah, during no, the Yeah, no, it'll definitely be a fucking blizzard. <laughs> I'm, I'm predicting right now five degrees with a wind chill of minus 20. <laughs> so I'm definitely in for Salt Lake City in a couple of years. That's three years away. Got a bunch of friends there. We could stay in Park City. Cleveland's definitely not going to happen, Was. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. Indianapolis, dude, I'm open to. 37 dude, right now Zach, is that's we really were in cold. Cleveland for me. in June. It was perfect weather. It was the ideal conditions to be in Cleveland. And yeah, no yeah, thing. It, it, yeah, it wasn't rainy. It was just, you know, covered with bugs. <laughs> Wait, listen, Zach, I'm just going to tell you one thing be open minded. You know, you just Two. might like something. You know? Oh, don't even start with me, Tim Frank. <laughs> I love Tim Frank. And at the risk of getting my award taken away, he tweeted, going to be up late tonight. I have to make the list of all the folks I need to call who thought the all-star format was quote-unquote stupid. Be open-minded, people. Call. You just might like something. Look, I was also skeptical of said all-star format. Um, you know what the league seems to be skeptical of? Needing an 82-game season. Cut 20, twi- cut 20 games off, Tim Frank and Adam Silver. Be open-minded. You might just like the new schedule. How about that? That that fourth quarter was a great argument for that. Fantastic, man. Yeah. It was fantastic. You want to you see, you want to see, like, literally, they killed the music in the fourth quarter. Nobody cared. It, that was one of the best quarters of basketball the NBA's ever had. Is it a ever. quarter? How long yeah, was that thing? I mean, it was pretty long, actually, because they were shooting like thirty-four percent or something. Yeah, and they were breaking, <laughs> they were breaking shots all over the place. But that's because the, they were playing really hard, man. Yeah, and if the games actually had some weight to them, that's what we would get that more often. I would say send fewer teams to the playoffs. Four teams. Yeah, four teams. Four teams. Fifty-eight games, four teams, and you'll actually get guys playing like that. One from every the east, night. three from the west. Start on. Start Start on Christmas Day, yeah, and you know June first, and uh, you know you've got yourself a pretty good sport that probably does really well in the ratings. So, Scott, you were you were at All Star Weekend. I mean, Dave, you were too. But Scott, you were there, and uh, Fieldhouse Files has a fantastic podcast out. You talked to who did you talk to? Talked to Miles Turner, Tamika Catchings. Who else did you talk to? Uh, I talked to Todd Taylor, the VP of marketing um, with the Pacers, and then Demonis Sabonis, his brother. Uh, one of his brothers made it all the way over from Lithuania, as the whole family did. And so he was very open and sharing. So that was fun to get a, get to know a different side of Domas. So 
in taking in the Chicago All-Star Weekend and the new format and um, people bitching about the dunk contest because they don't know what the word robbed means, uh, in applying that to Indianapolis, how do you think the city is and the, and the Pacers are going to handle hosting this? So I think, first of all, there will be more excitement leading up to the game and more people interested in tuning in, right? Because there's proof of what it is and what it um, can be about, right? Because there was a lot of confusions, it seemed like, going into the night. I don't understand why. But now that you have it set uh, and there's kind of a something to go off of from this past year, I think there will be even a stronger rating potentially for the um, viewership and all of that. And then in terms of just running the whole event, the biggest thing I'll tell you that I look forward to with Indy is just the efficiency and everything. I like Chicago, but it felt like I was all over the city. And here, it will take over the city. There will be signs everywhere in the malls, in the streets. And obviously, I'm biased. I'll I'll put that out there. But they host big events better than anyone. We host the world's largest one-day sporting event in the Indy 500 every year. The Super Bowl knocked it out of the park. And so I think they they just add one, uh, one... classy touch, if you will, that just spruces up things much better. And the other big thing I think we all had trouble with was finding help. And that wasn't an issue during the Super Bowl when they had had it here. There were always people in bright colors saying, how can I help you? Those sort of things. I needed a, I wanted a lot of help. Couldn't find it in Chicago. Uh, Dave, how do you think uh, the All-Star Weekend in Chicago went? I thought it was great. Uh, the Saturday night was, was really, I mean, a lot of fun. Uh, obviously the game was, was fantastic. And, uh, and even all the ancillary stuff that they kind of did around the game was, was really great. I I thought the Kobe tributes and the David Stern tributes were fantastic. Um, you know, the, the basketball, uh, African basketball league announcements were, were awesome. Um, it was a great weekend. They really, the NBA did a really good job with everything. Mo, watching from afar, uh, Mo Dakilzam, Mo watching from afar. Uh, what was your favorite part of All-Star Weekend that wasn't the fourth quarter of the game? I I really enjoyed the dunk contest. I mean, all the way through until uh, the judges screwed it up and we're, we're all Did they screw it up? No. No. Here's the thing. I'm Zach not talking, like, not. You know what's the, so the, funny the about the robbery? Weak, but this is a, common, this is common, trying to, common trying to lead collusion. <laughs> is the funniest <laughs> thing in the world to me. That's it's it's it, it's It's hilarious, but it's also like, can we get judges that actually know what dunks are, though, too? I yeah. think guy could have won. Yeah, it, it, Jade, you're 100% right. And the, the, the first dunk that um, Aaron Gordon did, his first dunk of the final round was not a 50. Yeah, it was. It just wasn't a fit, and he didn't. He didn't do the dunk that he wanted to do. They just gave him a fifty anyway, so he didn't deserve that fifty in the yeah. first place. Like, yeah, I'm, sick, I'm sick of stuff. the it shouldn't five even fifties, and he loses. What? How is that possible? <laughs> I mean, they were giving out fifties. They were giving fifties out like candy. Yeah, and that was, and that's, and that's the first problem, right? Like, I want actual dunkers who who do it. You know, who've done it. Like Dwayne Wade is the only guy who's ever, and, and and Candace Parker are the only two who dunked the ball on on that. Judges table. Tommy doesn't know anything about dunking. Uh, someone didn't watch just right, apparently, because I believe he dunks all over that movie. <laughs> I hope you make a mean watch that for Cinephobe. Uh, That's so bad. But, <laughs> but you know, Chadwick Boseman, I don't think has ever dunked a basketball. I mean, just across the board, it's like, get guys who can actually dunk or have been in the dunk contest and understand it. Like, we can have ultimate I, yeah, judges. I don't, I don't need like, the city tie-in for judges. No. That's corny. No one, no one from Chicago's being like, "Oh man, Chicago's represented on the dunk on the dunkers like judges table." Like that's not a thing. <laughs> and if no. you want a city tie-in for that for Chicago, could it get Michael Jordan? There's no way they could get Michael Jordan. Uh, there's no <laughs> way. He's done it before. There's no, no way he's doing that again. <laughs> no. um, well, anyways, but like I, that was, I really did enjoy the dunk contest. So I thought everyone it was a lot got fun. fours. <laughs> Um, yeah, no. All right. Let's just get into the quote unquote robbery. All right. First of all, if the other guy is more than, uh, you know, is, has more than earned a victory in that night, it's not robbery. We did this shit in 2016 with Zach Levine. We did it with Derek Jones Jr. It's not robbery if the other guy is deserving as well. You can have two guys deserving of a victory. You can. That's how dunk contests work sometimes. But the guy with the bigger score always wins. And that's what happened here. Now, did he get screwed in 2016 on the double pump dunk? Absolutely. Should have been a 50. Did he get screwed this time around? I don't know. Personally, I don't like the vault dunks. 
where you where you push off a guy, right? Yeah. He put like Derek Jones Jr. had one earlier in the competition that I didn't love because he pushed off Bam out of bio shoulders. He pushes off uh, Taco Fall here, and everyone's just like everyone gets enamored with like he's seven five. Like yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, he's a great. Yeah, yeah, you're he, right. He, he is. He used. He put his hands on the guy's shoulder to jump over him. I'm not jacking it. Uh, I'm, I'm, and he clipped his head. Clipped his head. I'm sorry. If you're gonna try cool to jump moment. over a guy, you gotta jump over a guy. Come yeah, on. Yeah, it's a cool impromptu moment, right? It is. It's a fun and, dunk. And Taco it's not fall, a fifty. Man. What a great sport. What a great guy. Allowing that like dude to put his, you kidding me? To put his sweaty ass <laughs> nuts all on the back of his neck. Network had it perfectly. We we cyber bullied Taco Fall into getting dunked on. <laughs> we, I'm, I'm it's actually, a collective group. I'm looking forward to when these things go wrong. Like somebody's gonna try to do it and then just just it's crash a right into a guy. Accident. <laughs> It felt like what? this would be the one that would go wrong, though, right? No practice, and he wants to try to jump over Taco. That's why <laughs> yeah. I give him oh, a lot a of credit idea. because sure. that that looks like a ridiculous feat in its own right. Yeah, but do you think I'm, he was? Do you think he was scanning the group, going like, "Who can I jump over? Who can I jump over?" And somebody else was like, "Go jump over Taco," and he's like, "I don't know if I can do it." And he got bullied into having to try to do it. <laughs> oh, over Oh, maybe, maybe it was a double bully situation. <laughs> Absolutely, could be. That. By, the, by the way. I had the city of Houston furious at me on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, furious. Because I tweeted, Aaron Gordon complains that he got robbed every time he loses. I didn't know he wanted to be on the Rockets so badly. And oh, oh they didn't like that. <laughs> Houston does not like me. We have people Sorry. snitch tagging yeah, everything. Cries more That's a good joke. And it's it a good a joke, gr- right? It was a great tweet. Man, it's, it didn't go over well in Houston. I think if I had to fix the dunk contest, I'd start it with in terms of the judges. It feels like they normalize scoring far too much. Like every dunk was only nines and tens. Like, and a good dunk can have a seven or an eight. And I think that's where we ran into a lot of problems. I also wouldn't mind a decimal system. In well, the, here's yeah. an idea, guys. Is that trying <laughs> too hard, though? What if every round it wasn't about the the aggregate score, but it was ranking the dunks one through four and you got a certain amount of points mm. based on you know if you had the best dunk of the round yeah i i, I like that i too. like that idea a lot that, i think it's head to head instead of or this or comparing dunk versus dunk right 50. i'm gonna do right. a dunk can you do a dunk that's better than that right yeah like maybe that maybe you do the ranking of dunks until you get to the finals and then and then you could do a dunk off like and, is this dunk better maybe, than that dunk and maybe you should have to submit what the dunk is ahead of time, sort of like they do, like you know, with figure skating and things like that. So that way, it, you yeah, know, it's, that I don't it's out like. There, that because I difficulty that I don't like just for a simple fact. If there are moments where guys are trying to figure out what to do on the fly, like remember Jason Richardson's yeah. between the legs off the uh, from the baseline, that was an impromptu dunk. Like he hadn't practiced that. Like that was an impromptu dunk. Like I, I think that there are moments where. I also th- I also think that there should be something where like they shouldn't submit a score until they've seen the replay. Because and, and look, this wasn't a great well, dunk. Pat Connaughton, but like Dwight almost, Howard's almost, first right? dunk, Dwight Howard's first dunk where he's where he was spinning around, like it looked cool in slow motion. It right. looked weird in real time, but in slow motion, it's like oh, I get what he was going for there. That was an extremely difficult dunk. I mean, yeah. he was in midair before he started his turn. Yeah. He did it. He did it. His dunks were fine. It's just he's so huge. It just looks straight. like he has no grace. And so it's hard to judge the actual, you know, degree yeah. of difficulty. And he doesn't have the bounce doing. that he used to. He can, right. he can still get up. But he still but gets like, up, though, was, man. Yeah, but like 11 years ago, he was getting up. Yeah. Like, and it looked crazy what he was doing. And, and he just can't do that anymore. Um, Pat Connaughton. <laughs> and he's he's also he's also doing vault dunks. Like I like the I like the white men can't jump tribute. Sure? I like that. I think if you're a white dunker in a dunk contest, you you like you're legally obligated to make some reference to that. Chase Bunder <laughs> did it years ago. Um, I think you have to do that. But uh, I'm I just don't like. And I can appreciate the difficulty that is still there with a vault dunk. But I like it doesn't do anything for me. 
Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of it. I like I don't know something about me is kind of old school. I hate I don't really love when other people get involved. Get up there and do a dunk, man. You know, like all if you throw in the pass, like I'm I'm if you throw the pass, I want it. Like, like yeah, I, I don't, I don't need gospel rappers involved in my dunk contest. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm good. also was. I am all good on chance to rap. Yeah, for this I, year. I, this I got my fill. I'm good for next ten months. Don't need him. That's There's like no at all. To chance, he's good. I just, I'm all good on. By that. the way, he did a fantastic job during the halftime show. Like, he actually performed his ass off over there, which was great. But um, sure, n- no. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. All good on that. I don't need to watch him play basketball. I don't need need to watch him stand near a basketball court. I'm good. Uh all right, let's get to the the oh well what about the skills competition? Is the skills competition is the luster of a big man in it over Scott, like you're you're you know, the guy you covered, DeMontis Sabotas, like yeah. he, he got to the finals. Like was it exciting to cover? A little bit. I feel like the skills challenge is kind of the JV game. It's kind of, hey, I'm getting my first beer and kind of making my way to my seat. Type oh, I of thought event you meant someone's the- having their first beer so for the first time in their life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's like a because rite of passage. Like, like, oh, I'm in the skills competition. Someone's like, yeah, I remember when I had my first beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because if you looked around the United Center, it was still people, a lot of seats still to be filled. A lot of people still roaming the concourse and making their way out. I enjoyed the skills challenge, but it's never my favorite. Um, It's one of those. I feel like that's there to kind of fill time to lead up into the three-point contest. But what does make it interesting, like you said, was the fact that we keep throwing bigs in there. You think they have no chance. And the two players, Bama Adebayo and Damana Sabonis, who have the two worst odds going into it, meet in the final round. So that that leads to some um, a fun finish between those two. This is where I should have put money on this stuff because on NBA radio on Friday or Thursday on NBA radio on Thursday, I predicted Bam to win this thing. I didn't know he didn't, I didn't know he had the worst odds. Uh, I just felt like he was going to take it seriously. The challenge with all that is the three point shot, right? That's the biggest concern for these bigs. Although Domas told me afterward, he was most concerned with the pass, which I didn't get why, because he was probably one of the best passers in that field. Yeah, not just with big men, right? Like, just period. He's one of the best passers in that field. Right. Um, all right. So, like, Dave, are you are you still in on the – or were you ever in on the skills competition? Like, how do you feel It's about my favorite that? event. That's your favorite? It's, yeah. So, listen. It's the one where they actually compete head-to-head. Right? I do you like that. Watch yeah, that's a good these point. These guys are having fun, actually, when they're doing it. You can, you know, you can see that. Um, you know, they could make it a little bit more difficult, I think, to up the ante. But – they're actually out there trying to do it. Um, it. It winds up coming down to who can make a three at the end. But like we saw when Chris Middleton fumbled his handle in transition, like he basically knew, uh-oh, I'm cooked. And then he got down and tried to play defense instead of shooting yeah. threes. He threw a chest I, pass I to the rim. Yeah, I, I like I like the I like the skills competition. Again, getting to see these guys go head-to-head, it's a little bit more fun. The pressure's off. It's not like you're out there for the three-point shootout or the dunk contest where all the eyes are on just you. Um, yeah, I think it's just a little bit more of a fun event, but yeah, that's my favorite one. Yeah, they, they used to do the three point contest where guys were on either side of the court, right? Yeah. Like, and they had the split screen. Now they weren't going head to head, but I actually wouldn't mind that as a wrinkle for the three point. At least for the final, I think it would be, you know, great. But then, now they have three people in the final round and not two. So I don't know how that would work. Yeah. Add a goal in the middle. Yeah. Just, or two guys shoot on one hoop. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. The guy with the two lower scores. The skills right. challenge, yeah. I think, though, is more the most natural skills. Like, I don't think guys take that the most seriously. I was asking Domas. He said, yeah, I had practice a time slot Friday morning. I didn't want to get up uh, after a long night, so I skipped that. So I actually practiced about five minutes before I went out there, and that's all the time he put into the event. Yeah, I couldn't overthink it. Smart. That's true. That's true. Well, that's that was the- my <laughs> argument for Devin Booker in the three-point contest. He didn't have time to sit and, you know, practice going through the racks for a couple of days before he got to Chicago. So he, he, the pressure was off. Do we like that new Mountain Dew aspect of it? Obviously, it's branding, and as long as somebody pays you to do something like that, you'll add it. But did that add anything? Was it memorable at all? I think it's not deep enough. I think they got to make the, the shot deeper. Yeah, it's got to be deeper. And I also thought, like, I think that they should have to run to it after the five racks. Right. I don't like it being yep. in rhythm as part of the the you know traversing the course. Like I think they should. I think those should be two bonus shots at the end that they still have to get in under the time, but they've got to run to that. 
I, I think I'm with you. I like that, Zach. But I also just like the fact that the three-point contest came to the literally the final shot. Like, that was kind of fun as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to have actual, actual like, drama in it, right? Yeah, like having a little bit of, like, oh, wow, is he, is he going to make the, like, oh, he needs four out of this rack, and then it comes down to the last ball, and you're just like, is it going to go, oh, okay, and then he wins, and you, you have that little celebration. I thought that was kind of fun. And also, that's what guess- made this whole weekend special, because I'm not counting the celebrity game. Did anyone actually watch that? But so everything else. I don't else, know if they had celebrities. Yeah. yeah, yeah did they- right. We had, we had the <laughs> gospel the rappers, the way lesser known brother, playing horribly in the game. That's <laughs> That's that was the celebrity game. That's you know what's you know funny though you you know what's was well, like especially after this last week. Um, I now am recognizing Steve Stout everywhere at these yeah, things, oh, and he's I mean he is everywhere on the court, which has always been the case. Zach, it's like now right. you're just like oh, but I just God. I never knew who he was. Yeah. I'm just the it's the whole thing like oh I drive a Prius now so I see Prius yes, cars exactly. everywhere like that's exactly. what that is. That's it's like years. oh I know who yeah. Steve Stout is now so now I recognize him. Um, I got something for the Miami Heat social media team, and I, it, look, I I know you got to do certain things to pander to the to the the fan base. After Derek Jones Jr. wins, and they say the best dunker in the world. All right, guys, he's, he won the dunk contest. No one ever thought Fred Jones was the best dunker in the world after he won the the dunk contest. Just say he won. Just say he's your dunk champion, because the best dunker in the world actually was just pouting and was in the three point contest. That's Zach Levine. He's the best NBA dunker. Or maybe Zion. Maybe Zion is. I don't know. Also, John Morant said he wouldn't do it. I don't know if you know the the Athletics uh, Nicole Auerbach tweeted like we need we need Ja and Zion in the dunk contest next year and Ja quote tweeted that with nah. I mean, Why does Ja want to do it. Uh, you know. Does he have a lack of competitive fire? So- <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Houston came at you on Sunday. You want Memphis coming at you oh, on I Tuesday. can just deal with the 12 Grizzlies fans that are left, all right? I'm fine. <laughs> I always feel like in today's world, the the star players, those elite guys have the most to lose by participating in it. So unless the NBA raises the the money pool or some sponsor gets involved, that's where I can't understand it for a guy like Ja or Zion. There's just too much at risk for those guys. But I think for Ja, like this helps put him on the national map because Zach just made the joke of the 12 Memphis fans. Like this helps kind of builds his profile up even more and, and, and raises his profile to another level. Cause let's be honest, as fun as they are to watch and everything, I can't imagine so many casual fans are well aware of who John Morant is. Yeah. Like, not is, yet. Right. Like he's, yet, he's going to be an opportunity. Huge, yeah. Yeah. That's this, true. This I just like, don't want him doing it until he knows how to land properly. <laughs> that might never right? happen. Yeah. But if he blows out his knee in a freaking dunk contest, you know, it's not really worth it. I find it. Has I, anyone I just, ever dude, blow, blown out their knee in a dunk contest? No, but like, like Clarence Weatherspoon was in one, in the dunk and he, and he, and he ended up healthy. Clarence yeah, Weatherspoon, ja, I mean, John ja lands. Yeah, but really I think rough. some of that. I think some of that has to do also with like in traffic, how he's running through in the, the lane and, and in Possibly. game versus that stuff. Where I don't think like in a dunk contest, I think it's a little was. Here's one. There's for no you. defense out there. Allen Houston was in a dunk contest. Yeah. Um, oh. Alan Houston couldn't jump over shooting mid rangers. He just got some shots up. I mean, give me a break. Um, all right. Uh, last. Oh, let's get to the All Star Game itself. Um, the uh, the the fourth quarter was obviously phenomenal. How did we think the you know win a quarter give to charity thing worked? Like I, there was part of me during that second quarter that thought. Are they just going to trade off? Pretty much. Like, and so I, 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 I don't. I, I like yeah, the idea I of it. I don't know the, if the application the, was great. The first quarter was obviously not as intense as the fourth quarter was, where you know guys are hunting mismatches as if it's Game Seven of the NBA Finals and just basically grinding out possession after possession. But it 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 automatically from the first gun, it didn't have the feel of. Straight up, just layup line. Straight up, go ahead, sure. take your layup. Yeah. Nobody's going to touch you. No, it didn't have that feel from the first quarter on. Obviously, you know, when the game starts, it doesn't have the rhythm to it yet because no rhythm has been established. But I thought personally from watching that it didn't have that 
that terrible, terrible exhibition game slash like charity game where it's like there's no competition whatsoever, no resistance, just a pure layup line. It didn't have that feel to me in the first quarter, even if, you know, Things didn't really get started until the second quarter when Giannis was like, y'all not going to kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of that was Giannis, yep. right? Giannis trying to steal LeBron James' soul <laughs> yeah. from the jump, right? And, and I think he kind of set the tone. Uh, bodying him up, uh, keeping him out of the paint, blocking that fadeaway jump shot. I, I think that that kind of stuff, and, and people started saying, oh, well, if Giannis is going to try, maybe I need to try. And Dave, we were sitting right there together. How cool was it to see Giannis while he was on the bench? He couldn't sit down. He had a towel wrapped around him. He was standing up cheering for his group like it was actually a meaningful game. That was cool to see. Yeah, out of your mind. We we talked about it all that money for tickets, and then he's going to stand in the way the whole time. (laughs) We we talked about it on the ding, but like it it felt like uh, one of these things where like Giannis was trying to steal the torch, Mm. and I mean, I mean, he got him. A lot. Oh, he was—he was, as, he as was well, all he of Bill LeBron's junk, man. <laughs> he was on him like white all rice, bro. Apparently, Steph Curry was cheering it. You see the social <laughs> media stuff? He was cheering it. <laughs> <laughs> but I—I I love it because it's like that's Giannis's personality. He doesn't want to work out with other guys. He doesn't want to be friends with everybody. He just wants to go hoop and and, and take your soul. So I love it. If you're gonna take the torch, take the damn torch. Like that's whether it's in the All Star game. We saw this with. Kobe and MJ when when Kobe went in the first time like I kind of love that sort of that that intensity but the other thing I really thought was fun was was having the 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 two kids the groups there like in the lower bowl because you almost kind of can see I like the that guys yeah that, I like that because it's just sort of like really you're not going to try I have a hundred thousand dollars on the line based on you trying and you're not going to run back on defense really you're not going to help me out here kind of I, I, I kind of just like that you know like you got to look into the kids eyes when you're when you're basically just screwing around on defense. So it's just like, damn, all right, well, I got to play here. But I, I thought it was fun, man. I, I, I enjoyed it all across. The intensity didn't pick up till the fourth, but it was good. That was man, a constant was- reminder for all those guys. And for me, I remember yeah. going back to the fall when the Pacers played the Kings in India. And one of the games was all kids in that then felt like it was it was a regular season game, not a preseason game. So I think that's where we saw the NBA learn from some other event, bring it here and give up the opportunity for all those corporate seats, right? They didn't give those up. And as a return, there was just a constant reminder to those guys, hey, $100,000 might be one of these groups budgets for the year. Maybe I should turn it up a little bit. Oh, man, I went to a I went to a Lynx Mercury daytime, like Wednesday afternoon game in Minneapolis one year. And it was like field trip day. And there's so just like droves of screaming kids. Oh, I've never had a worse time at a sporting event. <laughs> it was awful. And it's all but, kids shows theme songs, right? Like SpongeBob is yeah, playing. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like uh, it's just these kids <laughs> screaming yeah. for no reason. Not cheering, just screaming for no reason. Bunch of like, yeah, kids theme, like kids bops and all that stuff. Like they managed to ruin a Diana Taurasi experience. That's how that's how bad it was. I loved watching Diana Taurasi play basketball, and they ruined it. See, all those teams do that at least once once a summer, so uh, that they can bring in all those summer camps and try to try to treat them to the experience at least once a year. Um, all right, and then the the fourth quarter itself, like I have I have no qualms with it ending on a on a free throw. I, I actually thought people one, were crying about. I don't understand that. There was plenty of drama in that free throw. Yeah, and also <laughs> plenty of opportunities to win that thing without the free throw. Yeah. By the way, yes, like there were, um, including Mark a, Davis's call that Mark Davis took away got, a oh, chance God, for them to win. Somebody, how does Mark Davis? How does Mark Davis make it? To the all-star game. I know it's not the most prestigious for referees, but that's still something. Mark Davis is a terrible referee. <laughs> I mean, you're thinking, you're thinking like referees, we want to have some fun. Yeah, let's bring Mark Davis yeah, in. I'm like, he's man. the anti-fun, dude. Like, are you serious? He called a foul on like LeBron or Chris Paul. Neither of them were in the play. Give me a Washington, get me a czar, but like, come on now. Like, I wanna, I want the I want the big guns. Well, I'll keep even in mind, he's Ed from Malloy. Chicago, so they tried oh, to help him out, out and let him come get back. D, this is the problem. You throw Common and D-Wade into a dunk contest judging panel, which I'm fine with Wade being there in theory, but he's obviously he was cheating. Yeah. Uh, well, he was. <laughs> he cheated while others tried to cheat. That's the other thing. If they, if they had done collusion – this is the problem I have with the internet. If they had done collusion to get Derrick Jones Jr. a bumped-up score so they could have a dunk-off with Aaron Gordon – 
everyone would have been mad at the collusion, right? But everyone wanted Derek or wanted Aaron Gordon to win. And so because of that, like, oh, I can't believe Dwayne Wade went against collusion. Get out of here. <laughs> Wap did have a pretty funny breakdown of all that, right? Where Dwayne Wade was taking off his headset and was smiling and, and all that in terms oh, of the contest. He was always going to yeah. screw, which I, which oh, I kind of love. Absolutely. <laughs> he you, leaned you into know, it. him and Riles had a deal. Riles looked at him and just kind of gave him the nod of like, do it now. Oh, yeah. And oh, you don't get an extra <laughs> half percent of an organization's ownership thrown on top of your deal it, no, without, without no. giving a dunk championship away. No way. You know, and, and I'm sure him and Riles had the hand signal. There had to have been a moment. You know, I would love to see, Zach, you're the perfect guy. Do a snake eyes type of breakdown oh, on this. Oh, man. That's what you, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> it would have been great if, like, I don't even care if there's cash in the envelope, just for Riles to, like, hand him a, an envelope after. Just one that looks like stuff. It could be stuff with fucking pizza coupons for all I care. But I just want, I want that image. I want that image just to freak the internet out. Um, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, the Sunday Sunday fourth quarter was phenomenal. I'm all in on this. I have no changes. I have no notes for for the NBA. You got it right. I was skeptical. I was wrong. A lot of us were wrong. Sorry, Tim Frank. Uh, I hope that I hope that that saves you some time and and giving us calls. But um, but it was it was great. Like I I think they should lean in. So, I think they should so lean I think in this, on the targets. I think this will be. This will be like definitely how summer league games are are decided from now yep. on, right? Yeah. Well, they, I'd like to see the the hundred point game for the All Star game. Hundred. Yeah. So Oof. the targets would be every twenty five. So you have a quarter break. First time a team hits twenty five. Halftime. First time a team hits fifty. Uh, Seventy five. Then a hundred. No, I, I don't really. I don't need a twenty seven minute. All-star game. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go too quickly. It's going to be like, I don't, I'm it's not, listen, it's fun. It's fun for the fourth quarter. I kind of like it the way it is. I'm with Zach. You don't need to make any changes. Don't overdo it. Don't, also, we got it right. Also, don't. part of it though, Mo, is that people like need to acknowledge. It's like the players had to buy in. For whatever 100%. reason, they decided they wanted to try. Because well, there was a way they could have screwed was. this up too. Well, here's my question. Here's my question: Is in the future when there isn't the Kobe Bryant overhanging tribute, right? right. When there isn't like there, right. there was a lot of emotion this in this All Star Weekend, yeah. as there should have been. But next year in Indianapolis, the next year after that in Cleveland, will that dissipate to where it's not quite as competitive? Like, I do think, I think that's it, a legitimate question. I, it's possible because we saw this three years ago when they first did the the, the players pick the teams, right? It was a competitive game. It, it went down to the wire, and, and LeBron and KD double-teaming Steph Curry so he couldn't get the shot off at the end of the game. It was a competitive game at, at the very least. And then the past two years, not so much, you know, to the point they had to change it again. It's like, let's see how this goes for the next few years. But it all starts with the players buying in. It's it's. I don't know how much of it's the format as much as it's the players decided to freaking play this time. And we'll see what it looks like, like you said, Zach, in Indiana, in Cleveland, in Utah. And we'll see where it is because, you know, they didn't need this in the 90s. It was They were, they were still playing. And in the 2000s, they were yep. still playing. When, the, when it got bad, the guy stopped caring. Yep. And it's just a matter of how much buy-in, like Waz was saying, you get from the players. And it starts – it's great having a guy like Giannis who's going to play hard every time he steps on the court regardless of the situation. So, you know, I don't know necessarily you need – I don't know how much credit we need to give the new scoring format. But I think, you know, it, it, it got the guys going. But let's see what it looks like next year before we start going all, all, all overboard. Um, Disagree. Go overboard. Go in. It was great. <laughs> go yeah, but you all go the way, baby. You go overboard all the time, Dave. <laughs> That's why I love it. Sure. If it ain't broke, that, if it ain't broke don't break it. Yeah, that's kill, what the old Charles Oakley. Because nobody it. missed it. Let's go. It's a great argument against all the stupid music in the arena. I'm playing the, the natural music, by the way. That was amazing. I'm, 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 I'm still anti, on board with I'm that. I'm anti-music in the arena, but like these aren't these games aren't supposed to be catered for us. They're supposed to be catered for the casual fan, right? Sure. Yeah, but the casual fan should want to watch basketball still, right? I don't I'm know. Sorry, that's the goal for everybody. It doesn't matter if Cardi B put on your headphones. It I just don't like. I don't get like if 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 freaking Tom Brady was dropping back to pass and Thunderstruck was playing in the arena, like 
it would be distracting. I, I just don't understand why why we treat basketball differently. I don't know NBA why it's only. distracting. Like, it just, but on the flip I'm, side, I must be in the minority. I must be on the minority. It doesn't bother me at all. Woods. It conditions people to not it. care enough about what's happening. Yeah, I, 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 swing, I, just, I don't I even hear music. It really. I, I honestly don't hear it. Like when I'm watching, um, I don't. I, listen, the, the Spurs Arena. My you know my Apple Watch has the decibel meter. The Spurs Arena. No one could be making any noise because they don't because they're being drowned out by music. Uh, and the Spurs Arena is hitting 110 decibels from the speakers. Nothing like Giannis bringing it up and out. it's like, everybody clap your hands. Like, no, yeah. get that out of yeah. here. <laughs> and nobody's clapping their hands. Hey, I, that I, is the worst thing. Can we eliminate that, please? <laughs> I, guys, you I, forget I, we're supposed to have fun here. Fun. Hashtag I just don't fun. think it's that big of a deal. The, the fourth quarter of that game was a lot of fun. When you can hear the sneakers squeak and everybody reacting, everybody standing, that's what drew us in, I think, even more so. I think it's just about a balance. That's all. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Like, you can t- turn it off in the fourth quarter. Like, you also, like, you have kids there and, like, and I'm fine we, we got to be, be realistic about, like, no one's going there and saying, all right, Timmy, now check out him hedging the pick and roll. Like, no, that's not how that works, all right? Like, yeah, keep kids distracted and shit. Like, that's it's- definitely not what's happening. Uh, that's definitely happening when I have a kid and I take him to a game. <laughs> Did you see that play right there? Look at Hold that on. switch. I got it. All-star reform. I want Hubie Brown just to go around to the kids during the game. <laughs> just explain it. I'd love it. Um, You're up next, Timmy. Get over here. Uh, uh, all right. If uh, all right, we've got two more things here. One, we can do a quick thing on John Beeline. Uh, is anyone surprised that he's out of in Cleveland not. after the way this season was going? After all the things, I mean, things have been leaking about that nope. locker room for five, no, basically five, since five, the, like, the, the hire. People were like, uh, "The Cleveland dudes aren't on board." Uh, Amin and I were having the conversation about him being out this summer. 20 minutes before the news dropped. Yeah. So, no, not surprised at all. I, um, I just hope that Becky Hammond doesn't take that job. I just find it – I find it interesting timing from him because obviously he wants to get out now to try to get the next college job that opens smart, up. Smart, man. It's like, smart. Like, this is just timing on his part going like, man, you know, tournament's going to come up, a big yeah. college job and if pop I, open. And if I'm Dan Gilbert, I'd know that. And I'm not trying to pay three coaches, right, because he's still paying no. for Ron Lou. Whose idea was this beeline thing? Who did? Who thought this was going to work? Gilbert, Dan Gilbert, Gilbert all straight over. Up. Yeah. Also, please don't come to me now and say let's bring in Tom Izzo. We've already oh, tried God. people, college coaches who've coached college basketball only for like twenty to twenty five years and have had total control are not the guys you want to go into the NBA. They're not capable of doing it. It's not a matter of their X's and O's. They're not really going to be guys that the players the are going to vibe with all that yeah. much. You know, I, know he's not, I know he's not on the team anymore, but I do love the idea of Tom Izzo getting in the face of Jordan Clarkson and trying to scream him into a defensive rotation. <laughs> Man, Jordan would just look at him going like, I make more money than right, you. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing here? This ain't training table. <laughs> you know, like this, it's, it's that whole thing, you know, and, and it's not to say college coaches can't have success, but it's a guy like Brad Stevens, who's at a mid-major and had to really hustle and, and do things and hadn't been in the in college basketball for 35 years or whatever. Well, there was also a big difference, though, between the two. Well, When yeah. Brad came in, he had an NBA staff. And in Cleveland, they didn't do that. None of those guys have NBA experience. Bernie Bickerstaff's on there, right? He's the only guy. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it, 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 there is a big difference in, in having guys that have been around the league. And they oh. just didn't set him up for success. For sure, but he wasn't he, – Dave, he was never going to be successful. These college coaches that come in with this thing of like after 25, 30 years where they basically pick every recruit, they run everything about that program, they're not coming in to the NBA situation and going to handle that well. In his defense, though, they did go away from this, the stuff that he is good at early. Um, you know, like you don't really have a lot of talent on that team. They started out okay, and then they just went away from it. So – you know, not getting buy-in was a bigger deal than the way he was wanted to go. But, but also some of that is after a few weeks, you got a scouting report against that, and teams take that away, right? Like, I'm not saying they couldn't have leaned into it more. Well, yeah, but it's easy to take it away when it's, you know, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. Right, exactly. But, like, that's yeah. – it was always going to be Darius Garland and Colin well, Sexton. Well, right, yeah. yeah. So he took – Oh, a, you mean the sex a, town thing didn't work? Damn. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
he took a he took a bad job, right? Like I mean, which so, is weird. Which it, is weird, was because usually Sexton leads to more scoring, if you know what I mean. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, before we before we get out of here, I want to play a, a game. Jade, cue the game show music that I don't know if you'll put in post-production. Uh, it's time for Stretch Run or Stretch Done. Figure out if teams can make a final push for the playoffs. We're going to start in the Eastern Conference where there are not that many candidates here, not that many participants in today's show. So, Scott Agnes, the Washington Wizards are three games behind the Orlando Magic. Are they ready for a stretch run or are they stretch done? I'm saying stretch done. I don't see it for them. No. Bradley Beal's special, but that's about the only thing interesting to me at the Wizards. Was stretch run or stretch done for the Wizards? This is the worst defense of all time. No. It's <laughs> 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 like literally the worst defense ever. No. Dave DeFour, stretch run or stretch done for your boy Davis Bertans. They're, they're toast. They're toast. I mean, Davis can't carry this team anymore. You know, clearly he can't he can't do enough on defense. Uh, Bradley Beal's just not enough. Yeah, they're done. Modak Hill. Stretch runner, stretch done. Wow. Sweeping it for the Wizards. By the way, you'd think they were eight games out of the eighth spot. By the way, I upset Ted Leonsis over the last week as well. So not just Rockets (laughs) fans, but Ted Leonsis was upset by something I wrote in Power Rankings, I think. Allegedly. I can't say that for sure. Allegedly. But then he curiously followed me on Twitter a couple days later. So we'll see. Uh, Bulls are five games behind the Magic. They're in a six-game losing streak. We can all just agree stretch done, right? Absolutely. The boiling situation is, is no different than the beeline situation. Like Nobody cares what that dude has to say in that locker room. Oh, no. Like, it's, it's over. It's over. They need out. to just yeah. get rid of that dude. I've know I know a couple of people who are hoping that job opens up because they think that's a great opportunity and that they have the pieces and they're just hoping not until hoping, not until they change luck. management which by the way they yeah. might do but like man I wouldn't want any part of that organization until they change a lot yeah but if you're a coach there's only thirty of those jobs that's and you fair. know what if you get and if you get fired early they have to pay your Still contract get paid. Out. that's actually you're right <laughs> that's, that's the dream <laughs> that is the you dream know? right there all right Western Conference was. The Portland Trailblazers, they have a Dame injury, which we're not quite sure how long he's going to be out. They're four games behind the Memphis Grizzlies. Stretch run or stretch done for the for the Portland Trailblazers? They're in the stretch run. Four games is a lot, you know, with only about 26, 27 to go. But the Grizzlies are young. That's, that's the thing about the Grizzlies. It's like you, you can't count on these guys to reliably finish strongly. And I think... You know, again, when you got Dane Lillard and he's playing the best basketball of his entire career, uh, you got to give Portland a chance. So stretch run. Dave, stretch run or stretch done for the Blazers? Uh, You know, I follow this team pretty closely. Yeah. I think they're done. I think they're done. The injuries, too much. Whoa, 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 whoa. Got a pod here. You got a fake. Yeah, it, you had you know? a. Um, <laughs> you had a uh, no, I like that answer. <laughs> you had a rat in your throat, Dave. You did, yeah. You Sorry. needed to clear that a little Sorry. bit, but he's also been dying <laughs> yeah. for a week. Like, I think we can give David a little bit of reprieve there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he sounded terrible. Every time I don't talk week. for a minute, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're 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 awful. I mean, There's you a, know, the injuries the injuries have just Dave, killed them. Dave, they couldn't win with Damian Lillard playing well, right? Right. I know Damian Lillard is on a historic run, and I think they were about like eight and five. So you know, which is great. For this team, but they just don't they just don't have the bodies, uh, you know, Nurkic, who knows when he's coming back. He suffered a little setback in his comeback. Uh, they won't get Zach Collins. The closest they would get him is like April 1st or something like yeah. that. They just don't have the bodies. And, and at the end of the day, if you don't have the horses, it's hard to win the race. Scott, stretch run or stretch done for the Blazers? Yeah, I'll say stretch done as well. Kind of like Dave was saying, the fact that Damian went on this magical run and yet they still had something like a 500 record. I see the Pelicans rising up a little bit and and topping them in the standings. Mo? Uh, Stretch run, man. Uh, Just look at the numbers. The uh, Blazers have the 25th straight to schedule so they got a bunch of easy games coming up and the Grizzlies got the toughest straight to schedule going the rest of the way here I think uh you know I keep rolling with what they get it all comes back to how long Dame will be out if he's out two weeks they're in trouble but I think if he comes back quickly they're going to be right in the thick of things all right what about the Spurs does anyone believe a 23rd straight playoff appearance is possible I got to go against the family here guys sorry Spurs folks I think they're done. Gonna end up with a bloody spur in your in your bed. 
I think the Spurs are done. Like, I think morale whoa. over there is is finished. Uh, yeah, I don't think what? the players are into it anymore, Spe- specifically what? with this group. Let's bring in our special contestant, Jade Hoy. Stretch runner, stretch done for the Spurs. Sounds like you got some thoughts. Oh, oh well, wait, let me check here. They're five games oh, Wait, back. we don't have a pod. It's done. It's done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. What about the Pelicans, guys? They are five and a half games back, but with Zion, they are plus 15 points per 100 possessions in those, like, 10 games he's played. So stretch run or stretch done for the Pelicans was. Stretch done. I think it's going to wow. be entertainment. It's going to be entertaining. And obviously, they're just clearly a much better team. But they're coming from too far back. And then you can never, you know, this is assuming absolute health on their part, up and down the roster between Ingram, between, uh, uh, God damn it. Drew. Drew Holiday, Lonzo? yes. Yeah. And even Zion. Like, so you got to be, and of course, Lonzo. Like, we're talking about it. Injury played group there, so no, they're done. Dave, Pelicans, toast, toast, toast. What? I mean, they're just toast. they're, they're they in too much be. of a hole. I don't think they can make up five games in the next thirty. Mo, oh, I think they're done. They're just too young. Look, Brandon Ingram hasn't played a meeting a meaningful game in March or April yet. Uh, Zion, obviously a rookie. Uh, Lonzo Ball probably hasn't even been healthy in April. In his career at all. Wow. I think they I think they're too young at this point. I think it's the same reason why I think the Grizzlies might fall. Uh part of the growing process here. I think they're they're gonna drop some games. Scott. I think they're still alive, but not for the postseason. I think they'll continue to rise up the standings. They kept Drew Holiday, so they didn't completely throw in the towel um, with that and try to get some value from him. With Zion now playing double digit games, they continue to rise. I, I'm intrigued to watch them here down the stretch. I'm guaranteeing the eighth seed for the Pelicans. How about that? You bunch of wusses. You bunch of haters and doubters. I can't believe this. Zion's going to dunk them into the playoffs, guys. (laughs) He's scoring like Will Chamberlain. On and off the is, court. I don't is, know about off the Josh, court. That's, is, that's Josh a, gonna, is Josh Hart going <laughs> to shoot them into the playoffs? Oh, Josh Hart is everyone's <laughs> darling when he's on the Lakers, but now he's on the Pelicans. We don't care anymore, Waz. Get out of here. No, we don't. He's, <laughs> he's having a great he's year. He's actually been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, he's been pretty good. Okay, before we get out of here, uh, since we have Scott on the line, I would love to talk some Pacers. They get a much-needed victory. They've struggled a lot getting uh, Oladipo back into the lineup and back up to speed, which I think is very reasonable because he has not played basketball in about a year. Um, he struggled a little bit. They the game against the Bucks, even though there was no Giannis, that's still a quality win. So Scott, in, in terms of getting out of the break and getting back into a rhythm, where are the Pacers? Yeah, so they have to figure out what what Victor's immediate role is going to be because when they won that game, he went five of seven from the field. The previous games, he was throwing up fourteen, fifteen, sixteen shots, and I believe that going into that Milwaukee game, they kind of sat him down and and had a discussion. Um, with him about what they need. And now going out of this all-star break, they'll soon decide whether the minutes restriction is lifted. Um, they did already change the plan from bringing him off the bench to go with that starting lineup. It was just a lot of changes all at once to the rotation, to the starting lineup and such um, that I think he's going to have to find a way to reinsert himself back into the fold without disrupting too much. Because we even saw that last year, some where he, he went about 11 games sitting out because of a knee injury before this, this one where he ruptured his quad tendon and he came back and wasn't quite himself. So that's obviously the biggest thing with this Pacers team coming out of this break is how they can react because that six game losing streak, that's their worst, um, worst spell in over three plus years. So it was not pretty to watch. Yeah, that was the worst stretch of basketball they've had under Nate McMillan, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and they haven't won. They hadn't lost uh, five home games in a row going back a dozen years. So that wow. was a that was a rare window. And the worst thing about it was he came back in an ideal time in terms of home games, seven of eight at home, and then they go out and lose basically all but one. Um, with this Pacers team, like they have been so resilient throughout these these couple of years. Uh, is it going to be odd for them to be at full strength? A little bit because that that game against Milwaukee and and then previously Brooklyn was the first time all year they have had health. Um, And T.J. Warren had missed time with a concussion. He's the team's leading scorer. 
And I still go back to that Phoenix trade during the draft. How laughable was that for the Suns, for them to pay the Pacers with a draft pick and TJ Warren to get him off their books. But um, just health health and everything with this team is key. And then they have to figure out how to win on the road, like in Philadelphia, where they've really struggled and, and really find some continuity in terms of that. Because there are a lot of new parts, nine new guys on this roster. Um, so there is that newness. But still, at this point, now that you got to figure out, can Domas and Miles make it work? Because if not, you got to move one of them this summer. Well, yeah, that was my next question. Is like, how does, how does that pairing fit long-term like how does the team view? i know the team publicly is gonna say oh of course they fit but like what are the rumblings around that organization in terms of those two guys together yeah so both they knew going into it, it it would be a tough year because they're both true centers and one of them is going to always have to play out of position um a lot of times you're having cross matches and and miles is better at defending the rim but also he's better at defending the pick and roll but domas is more physical what you've seen is miles have to sacrifice a lot his numbers drop domas having this special year miles getting upset a little bit but then managing through that a little bit um and pacers have fielded some call, calls about Miles, for instance, Atlanta, but they, of course, got their center, um, I think, moving forward as well. I think you finish out this rest of the year and then figure out your plan moving forward because you've had a small sample size with this year. Now, finally, you have the whole roster healthy for you to evaluate. But I think it's got to be Domas you keep. However, you couldn't make a good argument, I think, guys, the fact that Domas, will his stock ever be higher? Do you want to trade it high and stick with your defensive guy? Because this has always been more more of a defensive-minded franchise. Scott, I got a question for you, though. What would they be asking for if they got by? Like, what's the type of package that they'd be looking for if they were going to move one of their big guys? I think realistically, you'd like for a starter and a rotation piece. I think they're kind of out of the business right now of seeking all these draft picks. And you saw that specifically a couple of years ago when they moved Paul George and wanted rotation pieces, um, guys they could bet on like Oladipo and like Sabonis. And so I think it would probably take a starter and rotation piece. That's That'd be more enticing to them than, say, you know, a, a seventh man off the bench and a first-round pick. Because they have not hit well. If you look at their history, their last like four first rounds have not gone well. Um, you, Goga, he's a rookie. He's still very raw. You could argue you still need time there. And Aaron Holiday has been all right. Um, but right now he's been out of the rotation since Victor came back. But TJ Leaf, they couldn't get anybody to take right. him on. And that was a first round pick, given they're always drafting, you know, 20 to 30. So that's not the easiest place to pick either. Got You got to hit at least once. Every four years, absolutely. On that, even, even in the twenty, I'm telling you, years. they hit on Aaron Holiday. That guy's a baller. Malcolm Brogdon is taking his minutes unfairly. I don't care that he's making twenty plus a year. Aaron Holiday should be the star of that team. I'm all in on Aaron Holiday. <laughs> you sound like his new agent. <laughs> I would like to be. He his might agent. be. He, he, he might be. We don't know. <laughs> oh man, he stepped in during those injuries and had those great. I just, oh, I was puffing my chest out on NBA radio. Oh guys, I told you about this Aaron Holiday because I finally got one right, and then you know he's out of the rotation now, so it sucks. The, the two <laughs> random notes on the Pacers that I find the most interesting too are the fact that it seems like TJ McConnell is buddies with everybody around the league. Like if you watch him in games, he's always talking um, smack with with the opposing coaches and uh, other players out there. And then also, will this be the summer Justin Holiday, who's been an outstanding rotation piece for the Pacers. Is this the year he finally gets a multi-year deal? Because he's always played on one-year contracts and is about nine years in the league. I don't know, but as soon as he does, he'll 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 not replicate what he did the year before. Right? He'll get comfortable. He's he's play he plays well in this uncomfortable environment of like I need to succeed for that's next what, season. Yeah, that's why you always kept Matt Barnes on one-year deals, right? Like you had to keep him clawing. So some guys you need to keep hungry. Uh, where where do you th- what do you think the realistic ceiling for this team? So I I did this in the power rankings of like basically what are what are you playing for? And the idea of the Pacers in the Eastern Conference Finals isn't crazy to me if they can get into that rhythm and they can stay healthy. But that's also like maybe that's maybe that's too high. I think that's certainly the ceiling. Um, I, I know Victor when he was out, he was just and he was just trying to get back in and eager to play. He was thinking if we can click on all cylinders, that conference finals isn't too out of the question. Now the way they've played the first two weeks with him being back has not been good, but we do need to give it time. Um, they do not match up well at all against Toronto. They, I think they've lost 12 in a row in Toronto, so that's cool. a matchup they obviously want to avoid. They were swept by Boston 
last year. Um, if you want just a most interesting first round matchup, I think it'd be Philadelphia because the the physicality yeah. of those two with Joel kind of overpowering Miles and somewhat Domas in the post, um, but still ripe, I think, for the Pacers to maybe um, upset them a little bit. I think realistically, um, probably the best case is for them to finish fourth and reach the second round because under Nate, these last, uh, what, three, four years, they have not worked their way out of that first round. So that's one of their short-term goals is, is win a series for once since Frank Vogel left. Scott, I would love, I wish there was like a Pacers specific podcast that I can listen to to get more information on this team. Do you know of any? I do actually. And Dave joins me on it quite frequently. It's called the Fieldhouse Files. And oh, I would definitely that? recommend you wow. and maybe your friends check that out, my man. Oh my goodness. I, no music. I, I, I would assume that it's impossible to find, right? Like it can't just be on any podcast platform or on the athletic. Oh, but it is. And actually, wow. I think there was even a new episode that dropped yesterday. So wow. you'd be so, all right. And, but my last, I mean, it's got to be, what, $100 an episode? It is free. Wow, free it's free? free? Holy shit. Free? Do four? Do four is, do four allow- is in front of a paywall? <laughs> Does he allow the music? There's That's no right. way. <laughs> That's right. There's no, no music. way. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, I had to clear Five my minutes. I had to clear my throat real quick. <laughs> yeah, it had been With it had been mute. thirty seconds since Dave talked, so he had to, right. he had to clear his throat again because he's he currently has typhoid. Guys, <laughs> poor guy. I've gone through like four bottles of Robitussin. Oh, I think man. I probably should go see a doctor. You should go see a doctor. We're gonna wrap this up. You go see a doctor. You get yourself ready for Nerder She Wrote on Thursday. Uh, listen to Fieldhouse Files. Make sure you subscribe to the Athletics. Subscribe to all these podcasts. Get notifications for when they post. Thanks to Scott Agnes, Mo Dakiel, Wazi Lambre, Dave DeFore, Jade Hoy. I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked in here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Yeah.